Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are so full of gratitude for the privilege of being your own children and the privilege of being the generation watching the unfolding events leading to the climatic event of the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we thank you. When you were going, you said, let not your heart be troubled. In my father's house, there are many mansions, and I go to prepare a place for you. As we await your coming, may we be filled with zeal, with expectancy. May we be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to order our lives and our ways to honor you. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon us. Melt our hearts after breaking and driving away all the chaff. Make us vessels of honor fit for the master's use. Illumine our minds and our hearts. And help us to prepare to meet our Lord God as he comes in glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I do hope that you have learned a lot from all these things we've been teaching Friday evening, Saturday morning to early afternoon, Saturday evening, and then this very time. And I hope that you are not scared about these events because the Lord Jesus has not appointed unto us the spirit of fear or of intimidation, but of sound mind, of knowing whom we are and that we belong to him. And on account of that, no matter what you see, Jesus says, look up for your redemption draw it And I also want to say I really appreciate and commend the chapel for going all out to make many people come who don't worship in this chapel. Virtually every day of the program, the entire church has been filled almost to capacity and it is something wonderful because we believe that this message needs to spread around. We've looked at so many things and we've explained why the whole world appears to be in turmoil. We also shared the word of our Lord Jesus Christ concerning his coming and concerning so many events natural phenomena, socio-political phenomena, economic phenomena, spiritual phenomena, all leading to and culminating in the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is important that we never forget that these teachings are not just to inform us, 
but to let us as God's children know that we need to prepare. This year is very pregnant. Don't ever forget that. If you want to know what is happening with regard to end times, look at Israel. Remember that for the first time in centuries, some of the greatest elites of Jewish descent got together in Europe. I think it was Switzerland, somewhere, and had a conference in 1897 to begin to chart a course that will lobby the entire world to be compassionate to the Jewish people who on account of what God said he would do, he did. This we are a people of promise, a people of covenant, a people who had an everlasting contract and covenant with God. God promised them so many things he was going to do. And God led them in spectacular, miraculous ways to achieve so much. Even till today, when they are still rebellious, because Israel is not a Christian country, Israel is very secular, but because of the promise to Abraham, God still lives among them as it were. You look at all the Nobel Prize winners in the world. Israel has the highest per capita number of Nobel Prize winners in the world. It has per capita so many times compared to the entire Arab world. And these Nobel Prizes are in science, biological sciences, social sciences, even in medicine. Many people don't realize that even the internet and some of the most special medical devices being used today are dis we are discovered by Israelis. God said, I will be with you. However, God told them, if you walk away from me and worship other gods, I will scatter you to the ends of the earth and I will disgrace you and anywhere you go, people will hate you and seek to do you evil. These people would not listen. Even in the days of Jeremiah, when God told them, stop baking cakes according to the image of the queen of heaven. And they continued. They said, we will not stop. Today we know a congregation that regards Mary as the queen of heaven. And that idolize, as it were, a human being other than the Lord Jesus Christ. It is wrong. It is not right. The people said, we will worship Asherah. We will worship Asherah. We will worship Baal. We will worship other gods. And God dealt with them ever so rotlessly. Scattered them to the uttermost ends of the earth. In fact, I'm sure many of you now know that it is highly suspected that the Igbo nation is Jewish. In even Israel has come to a conclusion at some point that it's most likely that the Igbo nation is Jewish. The only thing is that we don't, we, are, we don't behave like them very much because, and we used to behave almost like them, but the war bestified our people. We now betray each other. We now sell each other. 
We now don't even think evil first before we do things. We are so individualistic, so republican in our orientation that we can't even band together and bind together to do the things we ought to do. So that's why some people are quitting that very theory that Ndibo are Jews. But so many people believe it, even in Israel, that we are Jews. And um, we don't need to let that bother us. They say we, run, we are among those who we are scattered, but some are returning. But if they take all of us back to Israel, there will be no room for anybody. So let's just comport ourselves where we are. So when God did that, he made a promise. He said, but later, I will bring you back from all the nations have scattered you. And establish you as a nation again. Nobody believed that was possible. Nobody believed it could ever happen. Nobody thought, how could? The entire Palestine was gone. The Ottoman Empire controlled the entire Palestine. There was not a square inch dedicated to the Jews. Not just that. When the British eventually conquered the Ottoman Empire and so on, they limited immigration of Jews. In fact, there was a time they said Jews could not be allowed to have more than 55,000 people coming into that area in a year. And yet, the Arabs, Muslims, were allowed to come in droves. That is why you see a speck of a nation surrounded by enemies and yet this nation continues to exist not by might nor by power but by the spirit of god so after that meeting of 1897 they started poking world conscience and very thankfully in 1917 something happened 1917 was a very special year Remember the Bolshevik Revolution occurred in the year 1917 in Russia. That was the end of the Tsars. Millions of people were slaughtered and massacred. That was the year that the British government decided to enact the Balfour Declaration. That was acquiescing to the need and to the request that Israel be allowed to resettle there. But even after the Balfour Declaration, Britain and all their Wayo ways, because now they say Nigeria is very corrupt and Nigeria is um, fantastically corrupt. But who taught us corruption? Corruption is not even in our vocabulary. They taught our people corruption. They were the ones who arranged this country in a way that the north will always dominate the south. Because they don't want any competition. They believe that the south, especially the southeast, had the power, intellectual power and technical know-how that if allowed, that they were going to become a world power. Of course, that was part of the reason why they came together to make sure Biafra was subdued and dead. I'm not praying for Biafra again because the way things are in Ebola, we are so disorganized that if you had Biafra, 
those who will become rulers will not be better than the charlatans that are ruling us now. In fact, it may be riffraffs who will become our rulers. And at the end of the day, all of us will suffer more than we are actually suffering now. I don't know. But let God's will be done. Only God can determine what he's doing in this last day. Very critical things for us as Christians to get ready to meet our God. So, 1917, Balfour Declaration. 1948. If you look at from 48 back to 1897, you see that just at the Jubilee, at the very Jubilee of the 1897 meeting, the nation of Israel was born. When Israel was born, the Arab world came together and decided that Israel must be crushed. According to historical accounts, even America felt that Israel could not survive for two days. But by an act of God, Israel not only survived, but beat back her enemy. Remember May 14, 1948. Soon after that, a war. 1957. The surrounding countries decided again, this particular country. And if you, I don't know, I, I wish I prepared a slide to show you. You see the tiny place called Israel, surrounded by people who are so, who are so many times larger in population, who don't want them to exist. Remember the former president of Iran who said, that Israel should be annihilated from the face of the earth. Israel should be wiped out from the face of the earth. Until today, the Palestinian Authority refused to recognize that Israel is a country. Until today, this very day. That is part of the war. Israel says, we are not going to give you the concessions you are asking for until you recognize that we exist. And they wouldn't. Till today. Instead they say Israel must give up Jerusalem, give up everything, give up all the West Bank, give up all the things that they have and all the things that God has already given to them. In the 1957 war, Israel defeated her enemies again. Then in 1967, 1967, the jubilee of the Balfour Declaration. 67, just as Nigerian Biafra War was beginning, the Arabs got together and decided to do a massive onslaught on Israel. They felt it was going to be the mother of all wars to finally annihilate Israel. They gathered everything that was to be gathered. They had the firepower. They had the air force. They had the numerical military strength. They could just walk through Israel effortlessly. 
and conquer Israel. They were ready to do that. Unknown to them. By then, Israel had developed one of the most wonderful espionage systems. And Israel was able to decode every information they passed among themselves. So, Israel waited for them to gather all their aircraft ready to attack Israel. And unknown to them, by the time they were ready to attack Israel and totally wipe out Israel, how many airplanes, how many warplanes, how many jet fighters do you need to finish a small country like that? But they gather that we are ready. Israel got all the information. And Israel did a preemptive strike. They didn't know that Israel was monitoring all their deployment of troops. And something happened. Just before they struck, Israel struck. In a massive, very simple way. Israel used fighters and aircraft that flew too low for their radars to find. You know, you have to be at a particular height before radars will capture you. And then they send the anti-aircraft forces to shoot you down. Israel deployed aircrafts that flew so low. And Israel warned as they came, all civilians take cover. Israeli gorilla is in the air. And in a master stroke, Israel demolished the entire air force. All the aircraft of the Arabs. Can you fight a modern warfare without aircraft? It's not possible. When they did that, these people felt it was an assault and they could still go to war. And they went to war. They continued the war. That was when Israel showed them that they were masters of desert warfare. In six days. Umunna, six days. The world had to beg Israel to stop. People who are more than 50 times your own army strength are attacking you. And you are swearing them up. Because I don't know the English word to use for that one. The world was begging. In six days, Israel had so totally demolished the Arab army, including Egypt. And recaptured Jerusalem for the first time in over 2,000 years. Jerusalem came under the control of Israeli forces. For the first time, at the jubilee, that is, you see how God works with time. Jubilee of that Balfour declaration. And then, remember, that those who said that Jesus would not come until Israel became a nation, also said that until Jerusalem was part and capital of Israel. And it happened. I will never forget that day. I think it was 1981. 
because her second daughter was just a few months old. When Menachem Begin raised up his hand, the prayer minister then, and said that Jerusalem will be the capital of Israel forever and ever. I saw him with my eyes. I think it was one of the new, I think both ABC and CBS and NBC declared that. I saw that on television in America. So, what are we talking about? They captured Jerusalem. From that day to today, they've been telling Israel to leave Jerusalem. Land that God gave to them, everybody said Israel must leave. Yet, God in his infinite mercy has allowed a country, even at a state of not fully reconciled to him, but because the purposes of God will ripen fast, unfolding every hour, the board may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower, as the songwriter wrote. That's how, where we are today. So, Israel is a thorn in the flesh of the world. How can the whole world get together and get interested in Israel? And Jerusalem, not just Israel, but Jerusalem. The Pope already has land there. And there was one of the prime ministers that had a deal with the reigning Pope at that time to give a large portion of Jerusalem to the Pope. And so, till today, the most sought after real estate in the world is a tiny place called Jerusalem. Small area, and especially the Temple Mount. And people are asking the question, What's going to happen? Will the temple be built? Who's going to build the temple? And that is why there is still a debate today as to who the Antichrist is or will be. Is the Antichrist going to be a European? Is he going to be an American? Or is he going to be a Muslim? People are making even a strong case that there might be a, an Islamic Antichrist. Because Muslims are expecting their own Imam Mahdi and the Buddhists are expecting their own Christ you know Hindus are expecting their own Christ and so on and we are expecting our own so nobody knows at this moment and I don't want to even speculate on that because whoever the Antichrist is is the one that is going to now resolve this problem of the United Nations caused by President Obama who allowed the United Nations to pass a resolution, the Security Council of the United Nations passed a resolution condemning Israeli occupation of Jerusalem and ordering that Israel should leave Jerusalem and stop building anything more in Jerusalem. If it had been other presidents, they would have vetoed that. It would not have happened. And as a follow-up, just before Trump came, nobody even knows some people are even saying that Trump might be the Antichrist. I don't believe that, but anything is possible. The fact is that he is the one who has reversed so many horrible, horrendous, and horrifying things that Obama did to destroy Christianity in America. Trump is reversing them, and I'm very happy about that, that Christians have been given a leeway to continue to serve God. Under Hillary Clinton, it would have been a a dead end for Christians in America.
So at this moment, we have a situation. And as I said, for that follow-up, and they insisted that the 70 nations will get together and meet in Paris before Trump became U.S. president, inaugurated. And on the 15th of January, they met and decided that Israel must, repeat, must quit what they are doing and give the so-called occupied territory. And Achine Kenya, the land given to them by God, they call it occupied. Land that they have a historical account of ownership of that land. They have thousands of years history, proven history, archaeological finds. So many things have been brought together to show that this place belongs to the Jews. And yet the whole world is interested in making sure that Israel is expunged from that place. And eventually there will be a war. Because as United Nations was saying that Israel should not build a single more house there. Israel has approved the building of more than 2,500 houses in the area they say they shouldn't build. So everybody is getting ready to fight. Iran is so happy that Israel is doing something that will cause the world to hate Israel more. The same Iran that promised they will not test this, they will not do this, last week tested missiles. And the whole world is shaking. And that was exactly what Obama... You know, I, I, what Obama, as I keep saying, is the closest thing to the Antichrist that anybody can ever imagine. If you look at even the description of the person of the Antichrist, the Antichrist, more or less, was going to be something of a homosexual orientation or promotion because there's no desire in the female. You find out that that man fit most anything, but I don't believe he is, and if he was, he could have been just one of those who would maintain that personality until the ultimate Antichrist was released from the pits of hell. Right now, nobody knows who is going to fill that place. So, 1967, Jerusalem was captured by Israel. All the accord, Israel has given up so much land. Why Rabin was assassinated by a postgraduate student when he was Prime Minister of Israel was because he gave up land. If you check the history of Jewish prime ministers who gave concession on the land God has given to them, either they do that, and whenever they did that, they lost the election. Una, they hear me? I wouldn't forget when Obama first came up to fight Netanyahu. I was visiting my daughter and her husband. Um, mommy and I were there. I don't remember whether it was when he was doing his residency or when he was doing his um, uh, fellowship. Uh, that's my son-in-law. And a week before that, Obama had said that we are going to discipline Israel. Israel must pull out of this something nobody dared in America say. 
Netanyahu came to the U.S. and they allowed him to address the Joint Congress of the United States of America. That was about six years ago or five years ago. About six years ago. Brethren, I'm not exaggerating. Almost for every four to five statements Netanyahu made, he got a standing ovation from American Congress. There were so many standing ovations, I've never seen that number of standing ovations in a speech. When Obama, being a politician, realized that the whole country was pro-Israel and he was anti-Israel, he now soft-pedaled. And then started using all kinds of devious means to fight Israel indirectly. It is clear that Al-Qaeda was formed by CIA. It is also clear that the groups that metamorphosed into ISIS was formed by CIA of America. Boko Haram, the same thing. So, if you see what America has done, many of us don't, don't realize that virtually every part of the world look at the instability in the horn of africa who brought about it america cia now who are those being accused of plotting to assassinate trump cia but again god moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. What God allows will be. What he doesn't allow will not be. So as we are today, there are many mysteries. I don't know if I will have time to go into the mystery of the symbols of um, the Capitol in Washington, D.C. How it is directly linked to Nimrod and Osiris and false deities and how essentially the same thing is captured in the Vatican. The same spiritual connotations, the same idolatrous worship, the same Masonic characteristics, the same Illuminati characteristics are found both in Washington, D.C. and in the Vatican. Let's be very clear. There are many born-again Roman Catholic Christians. They will go to heaven, no doubt about that. But it's always good to know the very root of any religion and what they are doing. It's like masonry. Do you know that most Freemasons don't even know what they are into until they get to the 32nd degree? Most don't know. They don't show you where and who you are worshipping until you get to the 32nd, 33rd degree. It is when you have now matured that it will be clear to you, they will reveal it to you in a right to show you you are worshipping Lord Lucifer. 
and nothing else. And they will bring you into Luciferic initiation. Because their foundation is based on Luciferic Illuminism. Many people don't realize that. But the good thing about, at least today in the world, there are many people, Christians in virtually every denomination, there are those who are going to heaven, there are those who are going to hell. So anybody who goes and does things that are not what the Bible says we should do in our worship, in idolatry that we see. How many of you have read Anglicans 39 Articles of Religion? How many? Go and read it, please. I urge you. You'll find it in the Book of Common Prayers. 39 Articles of Religion. To show you the foundation of why the church says we don't want to belong to that. Because we are Catholics too. But we are Anglo-Catholics. We are not Roman Catholics. We are Anglo-Catholics. So it's good for you to read the 39 articles of religion. So why I have to go through this is for you to never forget what is happening in Israel and Jerusalem. That's the barometer. The barometer. Let's now take a look at the visions of the four beasts in Daniel chapter 7. Just to corroborate what we saw in chapter 2. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head while on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream, telling the main facts. Daniel spoke, saying, quote, Daniel now speaking, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four wings of heaven were staring up the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. The first was like a lion and had a ghost's wings. I watched till its wings were plucked off and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man. And a man's heart was given to it. And suddenly another beast, a second beast, like a bear. It was raised up on one side and had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And they said thus to it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I looked and there was another like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night vision, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and had ten horns. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking pompous words. Now, 
that at this point is now the Antichrist. The four beasts, Babylon, Medopatia, Greece, and Rome, from old Rome, old Roman Empire, you see the emerging Roman Empire right now. You see it all walking out. And it is from there the little horn will arise that will speak all kinds of blasphemy against the Most High. Verse 9. I watched till thrones were put in place and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow and the hair of his head was like a pure wool, like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, his wheels a burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousand ministered to him and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words of the horn which the horn was speaking. I watched till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to burning flame. As for the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I was watching on the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven, he came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. You see, one thing about this prophecy. It gives you a panoramic view without giving you the details. That is how some of these prophecies are. You will now get the details later. It's like the seven seals culminating in the seventh seal that was now further broken into seven trumpets and all the seven trumpets culminating into the seven trumpets that now became the seven bowls. In other words, it's like as you are going, these things are unfolding. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit, verse 15, within my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near to one of those who stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. These great beasts which are four are four kings or four kingdoms which arise out of the earth. Not out of heaven. They are out of the earth. I told you that God speaks to people... Oh, sorry, maybe I said it in the morning session. Uh, maybe I said I alluded to that later. In language, they understand. To the king who regarded power as something pompous, elegant, great, showpiece, he showed a beautiful statue made of the most precious metals, most enduring metals, running from gold to silver to bronze to iron, and then a deprecation of iron. Because how do you get iron? Very close by, a few kilometers from here, you have Nsude, 
Nsude has about the purest iron ore in the whole country. And Ajokuta was cited where it was cited because these people don't want to develop anything in the southeast. Otherwise, the Fe203 hematite that you have, the iron ore, both the hematite and magnetite, Fe304, that you have at Nsude is about the best source of iron. So, when you talk about a mixture of iron and clay, it is that, that you know, that clay that contains this mineral, either hematite or magnetite, has not been processed to extract iron out of it. So, it is lower in quality than what is processed. That is why these other kingdoms were autocratic, authoritarian. They could give laws that... According to the laws of Medes and Persians that altered not. They can't even change their constitution. Not even the king. But eventually it will diffuse to a place where everybody is talking democracy. 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 So, Daniel was concerned. He didn't understand all this. So those great beasts which are four are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. But the sense of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. And everybody shall say, Amen. You know, these things, I don't know, they are frightening things that are happening. But something happened many years ago. We returned to this country for good. January 1987. Virtually every week, if I was not conducting a crusade or a revival, I was chairing a marriage, a wedding ceremony. So, one day, one weekend, I didn't um, have that commitment and I praise God. So, my wife and I decided to do visitation. And as we came through Abani Road, we saw people so solemn. That was 1988 sometime. So solemn. So, so sad. Small boys. Now other people. So we just stopped and said, what? they were watching a big screen TV. We stopped and asked, what is happening? They said, oh, Nigeria is playing a match. That was the time that, um, I don't remember whether it was under 22 or under something. It was a global match. And it was being played in Russia. That day was sad. Nigerians had already begun celebration. They began to celebrate before the match. Some had bought their cartons of beer and stout. Waiting to beat Russia in Russia. So, Abadi the ball. Boy, 1 0 against Nigeria. Ababa Naga, boy, two goals against Nigeria. You know, our people, very impatient. They started complaining. What is all this? Oh, where is he? Uh, this person, all the, where are they? I don't remember if Omokachi was even there, but I remember Ohenhe was there. 
So where what is happening? Kebu kebu. Why? Another goal. Most Nigerians tuned up. People were angry. They sat up at the market. Everybody was angry. If you go muddy for Baba Gemba or Gemma By the time Akadeti bemoaning 30, by then only very few radios were on. Because when they believe in Nigeria, Toto Amagene, Njoafia, Nyaka Anokatakwa, Anokata, Inu Gol, or the tiny. As in Nigeria, Satofu, more people tuned on their radio. Goal! Nigeria has a table for two. More people tuned in their radio. Kebu kebu goal of room four three. Oh, you open an answer one year. No, you quit three. No, you quit four three. More people are not katatua just before the end. I in Kunyezia four of room four four. Game ago. Amen. First extra time. No, no score. Second extra time. No score. Amazing penalty shootout. Nigeria defeated Russia and won. Now, a few days after that, few days after that, because I didn't have the chance to watch that game. So my sweetheart and wife decided to prepare popcorn for me and for Chimde, who was just a few years old then, for us to watch. But I believe in a ball, okay. So I now watch here. When they gave us one, two, three, four goals, did I lose any heartbeat? Why? Because I knew the result. Eba, chukwa bogo the result of all these things happening. We will possess the kingdom forever and ever. Why do we worry? Obogo result. We don't need to be afraid. We know the result. We have won. We will pass through pain. But we are winners nonetheless. Then see how brief the angel was. Why are you worrying about it? Just give him one sentence. One sentence to explain all these things. Verse 19. Then I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, with his teeth of iron and nails of bronze, which devoured, broke in pieces, and trampled the residue with his feet. And the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn which came up, before which, we have, which, before which three fell, namely that horn which had eyes and a mouth which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. Brethren, anybody who tells you, you know, there is a warfare, and what makes up a warfare? Battles. When they hear me, in any war, there are many battles. There may be battle in this city, battle in that city, battle in this. There are so many battles in a warfare. 
the word is telling us that there will be a time it appears that the system of the world, the new world order, the Antichrist, will be fighting Christians and appearing to be defeating them. In the U.S., Christians were almost going underground. But look at verse 22. Let's repeat 21 and then 22. I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints, and prevailing against them, until the ancient of days came, and the judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High. And the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Hallelujah! So, we are going to pass through pains, distress. We are going to pass through all kinds of things. But that shouldn't scare us. We are already winners. We are more than conquerors through him that has loved us. And as more than conquerors, we don't need to weep as the greatest conqueror on earth, Alexander the Great, who conquered the whole known world and wept bitterly that there were no more wars to conquer. And he said, thus he said, the fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all the other kingdoms, etc., etc., etc. But the reason... It was necessary for us to go through this. It's for you to know that these things won't continue like that. Now, let's take a look at Revelation chapter 13. Just for you to see some of the things that Daniel had revealed to him. Revealed to the Apostle John too. Revelation chapter 13, the Apostle John speaking. Then I stood on the sand of sea, and I saw a beast rising out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bird and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. And I saw one of, these, one of his hairs as if it had been mortally wounded, <clears throat> and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. I tell you what is happening now in Europe. Even though there is a wave of nationalism growing in Europe. The reasons being that European Union unfortunately allowed many Islamic militants to come in in the guise of refugees. America is in trouble now because it is said that there is no state in the United States of America that you don't have ISIS members already planted, waiting for instructions. I was shocked that the very university I started, the very state in which I started my PhD at um, Virginia Tech, one of the Ivy League universities, that people who were brought in as refugees, helped by American government, 
their school fees being paid through sympathetic interventions. Four of them were recently convicted. Why? Because the money America was giving to them, they were using to train people, ISIS people in Syria. A country allows you to come in and you are training people that destroy the same country. And some of them have been caught giving instructions on how to attack America. So you come to a country to fight and destroy the very country that has given you refuge. So that is causing some level of nationalism and people are saying no more. We don't want them anymore. And I told you in America, Obama made sure that Christians were not allowed to come in as refugees, but Muslims were given free hand to come in anytime. That was Obama. And that's exactly the same policy Clinton would have pursued. So, Europe is now saying, we don't want. This might lead to shaking up of the European Union. But I believe that something strong is going to happen. In America, you have a globalist government defeated and a nationalistic government taking over. In England, you had a globalist prime minister losing a mandate through Brexit and having to resign so that a nationalistic prime minister would take over and perfect the Brexit thing. So there is confusion and um, there was a man who looked at the word C-H-A-O-S and instead of chaos he said chaos. It is chaos that is happening in the world today. Nobody knows which way to go. Europe is confused. America is confused. Let me tell you. Trump will only be able to touch an iceberg of the problems of America. You know how much America owes now? Nearly 20 trillion dollars. Now. What is twenty trillion dollars in Naira? Amam mathematics If you multiply by ten obo two hundred, you multiply by another ten obo two billion. No, obo two, I mean I would say obo two hundred trillion. Then obo two thousand trillion. 2,000 trillion is 1 quadrillion. Now, if you now multiply by 5, Obuzialo, Guinea, 5 times 2 quadrillion. Obulo, 10 quadrillion. Now, how do you begin to count in quadrillion? Many of us have got a trillion. How do you now begin to count in quadrillion? Now, this is how much America owes. How are they going to come out of it? Yesterday, I think it was in daytime, I talked about the Grecian one. They are very happy. You can't pay. We will give you money to pay interest. 
I didn't understand it many years ago. Before uh, the first time we came back, when money was money and strong, a man owed the bank six million naira. That six million naira was what? Um, how many million dollars? He got sick and needed 600,000 naira to go for treatment abroad. The bank manager said, no, he can't do it. The man, being an intelligent man, simply told him, write to your national officers. Write to the headquarters. The headquarters met, oh. They looked at it and said, ah, the man owes 6 million naira. If he dies, we lose 6 million naira. Give him 600,000. That was how he got his money. To go for treatment abroad. So, that was what happened in Greece. One country, remember, Argentina wanted to also fail. And they quickly ran to shut them up. Any slight thing can call a total disaster in the economic system of the world. Brethren, one of the reasons, or the main thing, so that the eventual collapse of the economy of the world will happen. A blame on what? World war. But now, onye merizi webulo onye yana onye welu more sympathy fundia hana choke ebi kusiaga. Obodozano ine send your military ships. How do you think they will keep quiet? But eventually, at least, onye nachi America na wina chirosha na pankata now. So what it means is that may not be the eventual thing that will trigger a world war. Another thing is this planet Nibiru, which I told you people to, to go and Google. If the announcement is made, there may be katakata in the world. The global economy might collapse overnight. And if it collapses, what do you do? So, I pity them. Because I think it was Zeke who said that Ufo Kurobaro has no megwatism. Ufo Kurobaro Ka. I can't want that solve here. In my those days, I ain't the no marker. I'm an account agent. I can't wait to make Ufo Kurobaro Ka. My Obaro Ka could change it to it. But as you see, no more again, megwatism. Ufo Kurobaro Ka na global economy. Megwatism, Adronia. All they are doing are not patch, 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 are not patch. One day go be one day, monkey go go market, you know go return. So we have a serious economic crisis looming in the world. So Europe is frightened and shaken. Remember what Merkel and what Holland said when Trump won the election. They were so confused they didn't hide their displeasure. 
at American election results. Because they know that the trend to bring the world together under one world government might be delayed. But other crises will inevitably bring about the same thing. Brethren, the global economic situation is very dicey. So, I'm telling you, because he challenged the U.S. dollar. Any day, Owasina Haman uses the U.S. dollar as the controlling currency. What will happen to the dollar? Honor. Now, how can you continue a world like that? It's not possible. It's not sustainable. Now, many other countries. One of the most formidable economies in the world today, Bugene, Japan. Japan, by force. Nke Nigeria, is so small compared to some of these other countries. But these are just to let you know that that beast being talked about, the reason it will come is already there. I said, verse 4 said, they worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? I told you last night that um, China has sent already more than 100 warships. Warship, warship, a lot of jet fighters and jet bombers. You know, they hear me? To South Sea. Because they say, how can America happen behind Banana, Ireland, the Nadomo time? They say, America, you be a police, policeman in your own area. Don't come to tell us not to go to something that is next door to us. And America says, if they take that place, it will be a problem for us. The madman on North Korea, Nokulune Kunkie, Nettes, nuclear bombs. Okunu Manandia Ladino, why the too much? Owen Bukulo Kwasi and her no Kukwako Sheku. Before Mada Ba politics, she check a good issue. God addition a clinical psychologist and psychiatrist, a megi evaluate. And he was giving a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. If any people are against the church recently, that mouth is not only coming from the, uh, from the Antichrist, but the entire Antichrist system. The entire system of the Antichrist. 
So it's not just to wait for him to come and he will come, he will talk and we will outsmart all these people. But meanwhile, we are hearing these things. The only bone of contention is Jesus Christ. You can be any religion, you are welcome. Muslim, you are welcome. Zoroastrian, you are welcome. Buddhist, you are welcome. Hindu, you are welcome. Hare Krishna, you are welcome. Animist, you are welcome. Atheist, you are welcome. But mention the name of Jesus Christ and all heads rise up. In these circles. So we have a global, what Nigerians call, katakata going on. So, having said that, let's now go all the way. Um, authority. And he was giving a mouth, speaking great things of, and blasphemies. And he was giving authority to continue for 42 months. That's where they said that the Antichrist will be in power for three and a half years of the seven years tribulation, great tribulation. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. When they hear that one, make war with the saints and do what? Overcome them. So, make another thing say, it's victory, victory, victory. There will be time at which everybody will be celebrating that we have been defeated. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who lives into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in, in the earth to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire to come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast. Telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give the bread to the image of the beast. That the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as will not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell, except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. 
His number is 666. Brethren, let me explain something so that you won't be scared when you hear such things. There are those, especially the persuasion of the persuasion of the Seventh-day Adventists, who believe that the mark of the beast is worshipping on Sunday. There is no such thing. It's not true. The mark of the beast is not worshipping on Sunday. Because if the mark of the beast is worshipping on Sunday, what happens to those who are not Christians? What happens to the Muslims? What happens to the Hindus? What happens to the Buddhists? What happens to the Zoroastrians? Hare Krishna and others. So it is not the mark of the beast at all to worship on Sunday. Christians worship on Sunday mostly because Jesus Christ rose up then. And Paul validated that by saying that every day is holy unto the Lord. That any day a man chooses as his own holy day is acceptable. So don't ever let anybody frighten you by telling you that if you worship on Sunday, you've joined the people who are, um, who, who are of the mark of the beast. Don't let anybody frighten you with that. It is not true at all. It is not biblical. It cannot be substantiated by the word of God. And I explained to you that the very final version of the biochip that will be implanted into people is ready. And it is as small as a grain of rice. You can Google biochips or injectable biochips and you will find this thing. You will even be shown in some cases instances in which people have had this thing implanted in their hands. And I explained to you that this biochip operates on a principle that what charges the battery in it is fluctuating temperatures. And the part of the body that you have the most rapid temperature fluctuations are at the head and the hand. And that shows you how the prophets of old just declared what God gave them without the technology to realize these things. They were right on target. They said it would be on the head or on the hand. And that's exactly what is happening today. So, brethren, we are right there. But we have read in chapter 14 that anybody who takes the mark of the beast will burn in hellfire. For how long? Forever and ever. No two ways about it. But see again what will happen to those who take the mark of the beast. Revelation chapter 16. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on earth. Bowls of wrath. Anger. Sustained anger. Because wrath is sustained, unmitigated anger. Then, verse 2. So the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth. And a foul and loathsome saw came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. Brethren, I told you that Carl Sanders, the man who helped develop this chip, 
eventually repented years after and started warning the world that to use these thermocouple chargers or whatever chargers in that chip implant will cause an occasional leak of the battery. And once it leaks, that sores and boils will come on the body of those who have the mark. Was John there? And yet he predicted exactly that those who have the mark of the beast will experience noisome boils and sores all over their body. You see why it is better to trust God and believe God than all these things you are reading and listening to news all over the world. Look at the word of God. That's where the action is. God predicts all this. Then, the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the water saying, You are righteous, O Lord, the one who was and who is to be, because you have judged these things. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink, for it is their just due. And I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. There's going to be a time that because of toxicity levels, either occasioned by nuclear weaponry or so on, the waters will be changed and no good source of water will be found for people who worship the beast because the church would have been removed by then. Uh, we warn people, don't be left behind. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun. And the power was given to him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat. And they blasphemed the name of God. Who has power over these plagues. And they did not repent and give him glory. I'm sure that you notice that our, you know, hot season is getting hotter. But that's just a little bit. During the time of the wrath, God will remove the ozone layer. For about um, maybe almost four decades now, I've been one of those concerned about the depletion of the ozone layer. On, and that is the reason that they've stopped putting, using Freon in most of the world. They use another chemical for recharging of air conditioners. And for aerosols, all these fluorochlorocarbons or fluorochloromethanes have been removed as components. The reason is that the ozone layer, ozone is O3. And the chemical equation to convert ozone to oxygen is 2O3 going under catalysis to become 3O2. So, ozone decomposes to oxygen. What does ozone layer do? Ozone layer shields the world from the heavy intensity of the sun's glare. And if the more you deplete the ozone layer, the more the air gets warmer. Because that shield is being removed. It's like when God had a canopy that prevented all the horrible toxic rays from outer space to hit on the body of man. Man lived for nearly 1,000 years. After the flood, nobody lived for 
more than a few hundred years and eventually came down to less than even a hundred years. So, when that ozone layer goes, we, the world has had it. But, one thing people don't realize that scientists eventually found out is that man's contribution to the depletion of the ozone layer is less than half. That nature is actually eating up the ozone layer by itself. So when that wrath of God's time comes, ozone layer is gone, and there will be flaring from the sun to scorch men with intense heat. It's going to happen. The word of God has said it. And it will definitely happen. Then the fifth angel, the sixth angel, the drying up of the Euphrates River and all that. Let's not worry about that because we are not even going to be there when these ones will happen. To the glory of God, we would have been raptured when this one will happen. And I want to go to the, the thing I will use to round up. And that is the grand deception by the Antichrist system. There is an illustration that is often given about how people gradually become insensitive to the environment in which they are. If you take a frog and put a frog in very hot or nearly boiling water, what would the frog do? It would jump out immediately. But if you take the same frog, put it in the water of his habitat at the right temperature, and then just put a little fire under it, the temperature is just increasing little by little. Frog name a guy. Until it gets to a point we are before the frog can even act. The muscles are paralyzed. And for those of you who like eating frogs, you can now have a good meal. So don't think it's strange. And during the war, lizard was anti kwashioka for many people. I'm sure many of you don't even realize that. So, that is what we call conditioning. This 666 system, Otego, very many times people don't realize you buy a shoe, you see 666 on it. Even some of this Hollandia, some of them you see 666. You have a lottery, this thing, for people to win millions, you see, uncover 666 and win. People have been conditioned to see 666 as a winning number. But there is more to it. What of the spiritual realm? People are also being conditioned to be spiritually insensitive to what is happening in the world. That is why, like I keep saying, I cannot see how a Christian 
who knew where America was going will vote for Clinton. And they went and voted in millions. But apart from solid evangelical Christians, Trump would never have won. And it was a miracle that made him win. They are all people we can't even trust, no doubt. But the fact is that one will not destroy your faith. The other is about to destroy your faith. Conditioning. It doesn't matter. Uh, homosexuality. It doesn't matter. What they want to do with their life is their choice. Hillary Clinton during her debate said that if a woman had only 24 hours to deliver and she decides to abort that baby, she has the right to do that. And to date, America has murdered more than 70 million children through abortion. How many of you know the story of Beethoven? Do you know that Beethoven's mother was essentially insane? His father was dying of syphilis. And so the mother also was syphilitic. The condition under which Beethoven was born... If it were today, I don't know what the medical people call them, but from my days of um, nearly 40 years ago as an undergraduate, more than 40 years ago as an undergraduate, we talked about amniotic fluid. If they had taken the amniotic fluid from Beethoven, do you think in this generation they would have allowed him to be born? No way. Because this was a man who was going to be totally useless, sick, irredeemably sick. But because abortion was not common in those days, he was born to parents who suffered syphilis, who were essentially, I think the father was almost even blind, and he also became, at the end of the day, he became one of the greatest musicians the world has ever known. Who knows how many geniuses have been aborted? Who knows? How many geniuses have been murdered through abortions? I keep saying it, and it wasn't today I started, even when I was very young. There is not a single illeg illegitimate child on earth. But there are illegitimate parents. Once that child is born, that child is not illegitimate. The parents may be illegitimate, but not the child. No child has, should be given that tag of illegitimacy from birth. Because of something that child did not do. And yet, Christians say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. People are talking about all kinds of things. Oh, no, no. Billy can Billy, you know. Ebe belu go belu. Nke si bi ebe ne. Aina sisi no. Nyago si ebo ge ebe no. Aburon kukwaya. Brethren, there is a grand delusion 
or deception going on in the world today. The word of God said it will happen and it will be related to the Antichrist. Turn with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Beginning at verse 1. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. In other words, the season of the rapture had not come. People we are saying, yes, that day has come. We are in the day of the Lord. Paul is saying, no, there are supposed to be antecedents. There are supposed to be precursors to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he goes on in verse 3 to say, let no one deceive you by any means. Remember how Jesus answered the question of the apostles. He started by saying, let no one deceive you. Deception is all over the place. All over. is the stock in trade of politicians. And it is even the stock in trade of some teleprophets, televangelists telepastors, and so on. Deception. Grand delusion. As if people are being led to the slaughter without knowing it. Let no one deceive you by any means. For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. In other words, Jesus is not going to come until there is a massive falling away from the faith. When they hear me. Even Christians. That's why the Lord said. If it were possible. They would deceive the very elect. Christians have become so insensitive. So insensitive to the environment. 1987. When we returned for good. There were burnings of um, churches in Kaduna, burnings of churches in Kano, in the north, and so on. A super permanent secretary trained by the church in Enugu. That was even before the creation of um, um, 1987. I think we were, okay, we were Anambra then. You know what he said? A permanent secretary said that with his mouth. In other words, I'm not ready to die for Jesus. If they want me to bow down and worship and become a Muslim, I'm ready to do that. I will never give my life to Jesus Christ. And for Jesus Christ. That day will not come. Unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed. The son of perdition. 
who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Abomination of desolation, spoken of as by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, According to our Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 24:15, this is exactly what he's talking about. There is indeed going to be such an abomination of desolation. Where somebody, a man, whether he's a reptilian, because we are now hearing that some of the people you see in the world today are not real human beings, they are reptilians. That they will sit in the, he will sit in the temple of God claiming to be God. People thought it was Antiochus Epiphanes who sacrificed a pig at the altar in the temple. No. We are talking of a man who will claim to be God. Some people have seen Maitreya. How many of you have heard about Maitreya? Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. Whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth. And destroy with the brightness of his coming. Hallelujah. Mystery of what? Lawlessness. Man can marry man. Woman can marry woman. Man can even marry animals. The latest um, presidential um, order that Obama gave. Transgender. If today you a, 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 a pedophile, somebody who lies having sex with little children, feels that he is a woman, he can pretend that he is a woman and go with his suit, go to where the little girls are taking their shower or having this thing, and he will rape them there. And some states we are going to lose hundreds of millions of naira, including North Carolina, where my daughter and her husband live. Because they refused. You see a, a pervert entering the toilets meant for women. And you ask him, he says, uh, today I feel like I'm a woman. That's all he needs. No arrest. Nothing. And the state who rejected it, Obama said, will lose federal funds. The mystery of what? Lawlessness. You can do anything. You can attack anybody. But if you say that homosexuality is a sin, you could lose your job. They will take you through a brainwashing thing they call sensitivity training. 1995 was the midpoint of the decode where the church globally anglican communion had 
a review of the decade of evangelism. And we held the meeting in Canuga Conference Center in North Carolina. For some reason, I was asked to lead the African West African delegation. And I don't know why I was chosen. Maybe it was because of my friend who was right there at the center of planning things. The then Reverend Canon Dr. Cyril Okorocha. Because in the West African delegation, there were many bishops. But I was asked to be the leader of the West African delegation. That was 22 years ago. We got there. To my horror... There were gays and lesbians conducting Holy Communion. I asked, and my friend, Dr. Bill Atwood, say, yes, they, they are the people. They are, look at them. I was shocked. In fact, they tried to impose themselves. And each zone or region or sub-region was asked to give a report. So I was the one supposed to give the report for West Africa. And as a bishop, then I agreed that I should be the one to write the report and present it as the leader. I did. And I got up. 1995, I was visiting professor of metallurgical and chemical engineering at um, University of Nevada, Reno. And I got up to make my presentation. And people were deeply impressed. And I came to a point where I said, in Nigeria and Africa, if a thief comes to the Lord, we ask him to repent of stealing and give his life and he will be forgiven and accepted by Jesus. If any other sinner comes, I started mentioning various sins. And I said, if a homosexual comes to the church, we tell him to repent of homosexuality and turn his life to Jesus Christ. I was shocked. I got a standing ovation. But do you know what happened? The homosexuals there were horrified. Because there was a homosexual bishop, there were homosexual priests, there were lesbian priests. When we finished, would you believe that these lawless people, you know the name of the association, Integrity. Haba. That was an oxymoron. Integrity. That's the name of the association. They wrote a petition against me to the Archbishop of Canterbury and copied me. Blaming the Archbishop of Canterbury for not defending them when Dr. Nebo attacked them. Talking about the consequences of what they were going to do to the church. A few weeks after getting that notification, of course, George Kerry, the Archbishop of Canterbury, was a born-again Christian. The present one knows the Lord also. But the one that took over from Kerry, only God knows where he came from. 
few weeks after that, after midnight in my small apartment in Reno, I heard boy, boom, 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 boom. You say now, God, book one I knelt down and prayed. I said, God, because I know they are deadly, and the way they threatened me, that they could kill me. I said, God, if it is time, let it happen. I tried to call my wife, but I was quite fidgety, and in those days, there were no GSM phones. So you know, upon I tell, car connect ya, came here, other gaga. I prayed, and all of a sudden, I was emboldened. I just put on good dress, so that instead of my pajamas, so that if I'm short, at least those who will come to carry me will know that I was well dressed. Opened the door, and there was a drunkard looking for a place to sleep. I told him that that house was not the number he was talking about. He had forgotten his house. He didn't know where to go. Brethren, these people are dangerous. Man of lawlessness. Anything goes except Jesus. Anything acceptable except Christianity. That was how Clinton, Rodham, Hillary Rodham Clinton, said that it was time for Americans to change their religious beliefs. Somebody said you should change your religious belief and you go and vote for that person. Because of selfish personal things. Continuing. He said the Lord will do what? Consume him. Then verse 9. The coming of the lawless one it's according to the walking of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Brethren, if you are deceived, it means you are going to hell. Because the Spirit of God should be able to Get you to know where the action is in Christ. If you allow yourself to be deceived, it means you don't have the Spirit of God in you. The Bible says that those who will be deceived, those who will fall for the grand delusion, are those who are, and with all unrighteous deception, among those who perish. Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. See why we told you to invite so-called unbelievers to this program. So that they come and hear the word of God and change. And repent. And turn their life to Jesus Christ. Verse 11. And for this reason... God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. Haba! God himself allowing people to believe what? The lie. 
That's exactly what is happening in the world today. Believe in the lie. Some say Jesus will not come again. How many of you have heard about that man? Is it in Puerto Rico or so? Who said that he is the Antichrist? And whose members have 666 either written on their face or their hand or their leg? They have it tattooed on them. The man said that the world has misunderstood who Antichrist was. That Antichrist is actually the savior of the world. Just as the masons believe in Luciferic Illuminism and initiation. That it is Lucifer that comes to enlighten and save mankind. And the world is believing the lie. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. That they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Well, that is the reason we must never, 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 again, never allow the evil one to take us for a ride. When you see the worldlings behaving the way they are, don't think it is natural. Or don't think it is strange. Just believe that it is the grand delusion that is working on them. As far back as 30 to 40 years ago, I started saying that the global educational system is being driven by secular humanists. Do you know that in America today, in primary school, every textbook that mentioned the name God or Jesus Christ has been condemned and removed. Even the words of the founding fathers, they are trying to edit because there were very many flagrant mention of the Lord Jesus Christ and God the creator of heaven and earth. So they must do away with all of this. In Nigeria, can you imagine that the Minister of Education last year was talking about removing history from the curriculum. They don't want us to know about our past. The grand delusion. The grand deception. Secular humanism, and I don't have time to delve into the tenets of secular humanism. Those tenets that were endured, the first humanist manifesto was in 1933. The revised humanist manifesto was in 1973. And their thesis is based on atheism. They don't believe in God. God says he will allow a grand delusion. So that they will all perish because they have refused to believe in God. How then do we prepare for the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Let's take a look at Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3. It is important for us to realize that God wants us to be ready. Because he is coming. 
Jesus is coming. He's coming with power and great glory. And when he comes, will we be there? Will we be ready to receive him? Second Peter chapter 3, beginning at verse 8. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. That's for those who are saying, where is the promise of his coming? You can read the upper one, first to seven, first to seven um, at home. Say, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be bound up, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening to the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with, with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness dwells. This is the Lord speaking to us. Are we listening to him? Are we eager to do what he asked us to do? Turn to Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly laws, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. That is, denying ungodliness. We should live soberly. We should live righteously. We should live godly in the present age as we await the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said he's coming for a church without spot, without wrinkle, or any such thing without blemish. We can only do it through the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Are we ready? Are we ready to receive him? Are we ready to live by him? The urgency even compelled the Apostle John to tell people, well, it's like there isn't any more time left. So everybody should rise up. Rise up and do what is right. Revelation 22.12 says, I'm, and he was talking about Jesus Christ speaking. He said, Behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, 
the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do not, who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. This is what he promised. And then verse 17 says, And the spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who is a first come. And whosoever wills, let him take the water of life quickly. The penultimate, penultimate verse in the Bible says this. He who testifies this thing says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. That should be our prayers at all times. Brethren, you've had these things. And I believe and hope that you are strengthened. God's grace should never be rejected. God's love should never be taken for granted. It is for us who are God's children to prime ourselves to live to the glory of God on a daily basis. It is for us to transform our intellect. Because one of our problem is, we claim to be Christians, but our intellect is not Christianized. We don't think Christianly. We don't act Christianly. We don't respond Christianly. We don't interact Christianly. There is a divide, a gap between many of us Living as Christians and yet not serving God the way we ought to. Which means we are not even living as Christians. He commands us that we must prepare ourselves for his return. But he also commands us that we must reach out to the rest of the world and bring them to him. Because what's the point of going to heaven and those you love? Or even those you meet peradventure on life journey are not giving an opportunity to respond to the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is time to seek the Lord until he comes and rains righteousness upon us. Hosea the prophet said that. And then Moses says, because I will do these things to you, prepare to meet your God. Are we preparing to meet our God? Let us rise up for a word of prayer. Rise up, everybody. And at this moment, begin to talk to the Lord about your own spiritual state. Do you find yourself on the fence? Not actively committed and involved in the work of God? Are you among those who, are, who must be coaxed or forced or compelled or intimidated to be part of what God is doing on earth? How much of your time and resources have been plowed into the work of God in this community of believers here at the chapel? How are you living your life? Is it obliviously of the coming of the Lord or with full intent and belief that is coming very soon? What are your relationships? Do they glorify God? 
As a husband, do you love your wife and family, your children, with all your heart and mind? As a wife, do you do the same? Are you a good father? Are you a good mother? Are you a good husband? Are you a good wife? Are you a good worker? Or are you stealing the time belonging to your employers to do your own special and personal things? Are you living to the glory of God, shunning iniquity in all its ramifications, preparing for the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Are you a witnessing Christian? Do they see Jesus Christ in you? Or are you a sandwich Christian? You go through Christianity, but Christianity doesn't go through you. Ask the Holy Spirit of God to cleanse you through and through. With the blood of Jesus Christ. Ask the Spirit of God to sanctify you, body, soul, and spirit. In preparation for the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Ask the Spirit of God to make you ready, primed. Don't be like the five foolish virgins who burned up their oil before the bridegroom came. Ask that the Lord will give you oil in your lamp and keep your soul burning till the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If you are a child of God, you are not appointed unto wrath. Confess your sins right now to the Lord Jesus Christ. He will forgive you. Through his grace. Some people are worried. And they feel oh. We are so encumbered. I am so sinful. I cannot even be saved. Don't let the devil fool you like that. The grace of God. Has been showed upon us. And showered upon us. Grace that is greater than all my sins. Tell the Lord Jesus Christ to shower that grace upon you and immerse, immerse you in that grace so that you will be speak and span for him waiting for his coming. It is the grace of God and that grace never fails. Remember that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except by Him. Ask Him to wash you through and through with His blood. Are there any impediments to your preparedness? Shatter them at this moment. Let the glory of God rise upon you. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of God is risen upon you. Let the Spirit of the Lord descend upon you so that you become a mystery of the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's what he wants us to be in these last days. So that everyone will be brought to the sound and sight of the gospel and have an opportunity to respond to the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ask God now to fill you with the Holy Spirit so that even if it were to be, you'll be the last man or the last woman standing. Don't give up. Don't allow the devil to intimidate you. We are more than conquerors. We have won. The results have already been written in heaven. No shaking. No shaking. Nothing to fear.
But ask God to grant you the grace by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit to help you to live in celebration and in conformity to this victory that is already giving us. Brethren, the challenges are so many. So many things that bring us to come to a point where we disobey God and sin against Him. We need to be upheld and held up by the Spirit of the living God. Ask the Lord to strengthen you to help you to be an overcomer indeed. Do not because of the passing fancies of life and things allow the devil to take over your soul. Say no to the evil one. Believe that the power of the Holy Spirit has alighted on you. And that God has given you the victory over sin, over Satan, over self, over the world, over all the evils of this earthly life. That you may live to please and to glorify Him. Thank Him. Thank Him for the power He's giving you to remain rapturable to the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He said, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You are not going to be an exception. Continue to call upon the name of the Lord. Your salvation cannot be stolen by the evil one. The evil one will not take you and slaughter you as a sacrifice to himself. You will remain a living sacrifice unto the Lord. Holy and acceptable to the Lord, which is your reasonable service. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him for his love. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We praise you. We magnify your name. We glorify your name. Thank you for the work you have wrought in the lives of your children. Father, in so many lives here, the evil one has been defeated and routed. May the devil remain defeated and routed in their lives. In the name of Jesus. So many lives here, you have delivered from the power of the occult. From the power of sin and Satan and the world. May they remain delivered in the name of Jesus. So many people here Lord. You have touched in a remarkable way. Body, soul and spirit. To bring healing and wholeness unto them. What you have done in their lives. May it remain permanent in the name of Jesus. Baptize them with the power of the Holy Spirit. Fill them with the anointing that breaks the yoke. So that they will never be under the yoke of the evil one. In the name of Jesus. Father may the power of the Holy Spirit. Ever lift your children up. May they go conquering and to conquer. May they never be subdued by the evil one. May they never be submerged in the ocean of delusion. That is capturing and captivating the entire world. May they remain sane, their heads above water, their lives pleasing to you, their walk unto all pleasing with you. In the name of Jesus! None of your children shall remain bound to this earth at the coming of the Lord. We shall all be rapturable at the coming of the Lord in the name of Jesus! Believing that you have granted our request and that you will make these things remain permanent in our lives. We say may all glory and honor and dominion and power and majesty and might and adoration and praise and thanksgiving be ascribed unto your holy name. 
through Jesus Christ who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. And all the children of God shall say, Amen.